Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Can I say something that I think is bullshit? You're a fool, would you? Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Now you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in a fucking dirt and smoking hash through the ground. Oh, I don't know, there's all kinds of shit. And shower filled with women. Sit your ass down, Lara. Shoot a pair of woman's legs walking down the street. Eight women washing you down at once, you know? Come up here, Lars points to me. <laughs> And his skin is bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger. Boyfriends and dads looking for me. Ten minutes? Singing along, fucking along, doing this something the fuck along. Here we go! Hey, this is Kyle from The Sword, and you're listening to Ant Podcast for All. Back to a podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. I'm eating cookies and cream ice cream. Now that's the sign of making it. Yeah, you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta indulge every once in a while. I just got done eating some Arby's, so. I used to love their hot ham and cheese. You have to ask for that special now. It's not on the menu. It's not on the menu yet. It's that secret menu item now. But a hot ham and cheese is such a reputable sandwich. Why is that such a secret? I don't know. I think it's just because they have so many other sandwiches and they don't want to be like Hardee's who has like 49 combos. I mean, even though Hardee's is good, but you know, you ever been there? You know, they have like all those, all those different things. It's just, it's too much. I thought In-N-Out Burger was the master of the secret menu, but I think everyone has that now. Nowadays. Yeah. It's, you know, I think In-N-Out Burger was like the one that really... I don't want to say originated it because I could definitely be wrong there, but I feel like they're the ones that brought it to like a popular. True. Who would have thought this day and age? I'm eating uh, cookies and cream, drinking an AHA. We're ready to go to Denver to talk to a diehard Metallica fan. And out of the corner of my eye, Russia is currently starting to invade Ukraine. All in a day's work. All in a day. I didn't even know you liked ice cream. What kind of question is or statement is that? Just, I who didn't who know. doesn't like ice cream? <laughs> well, I kind of don't like ice cream. I don't love it. I don't what? dislike it. I'm, if ice ice cream is one of those oh things, like God. when when you see those memes that says one has to go forever. If ice cream's on the list, that's the one for me where I'm like, all right, that could go forever, and I would never miss it. We need to get you some help. You don't like ice cream. You don't like Rage Against the Machine. Hey, I didn't say I don't like ice cream. I just <laughs> I could take it or leave it. I take mean, it or leave it. In the summertime, a blizzard from DQ is definitely not bad. Okay, ice cream or weed? Which one are you giving up? <laughs> well, bye-bye. There's a lot of stuff I would give up before weed. No. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, ice cream would definitely go, and I feel like that would be the first one to go for a lot of things. Bruce Springsteen or Rage Against the Machine? Rage Against the Machine. Wow. Write that down, everyone. <laughs> Season 7, Episode 8, Jeff. We just call that your elimination round. 
pick that's, or choose. That's the you know what I could really strike up some hate mail and really piss some people off here with the things I do and don't like. But there's really honestly, there's not a lot that I don't like. Bubbly or aha sparkling water? I can't choose because I have yet to have aha. I think that's a southern thing. I, I think it might be, and if you if you say it's better than bubbly, I'll take your word for it because I like bubbly. It's not. I'm drinking an aha watermelon right now, but it does not top bubbly strawberry or cherry. You know what that's like. Oh yeah, those are delicious. Ice cold, especially again in the summer. <laughs> exactly. By the time you hear this, uh, Las Vegas has happened. I hate packing a suitcase for a concert weekend. I don't know why it's so hard. I travel for a living and I can pack a five to 10 day trip in a roller bag in about 20 minutes and be out the door for two weeks. Right. I'm going to Vegas for less than 12 hours. Uh, Literally, I'm landing at three in the afternoon and seeing the show. It might be nine hours and hopping on the red eye right after the show. And I spend 40 minutes packing for a 12 hour trip. Explain that. Yeah. What did you need to pack? Socks, underwear. Isn't all of that stuff you're going to be wearing? So why do you have to pack anything? You're leaving and coming back. So I know, but it's all these decisions. Like, am I going to wear the flaming skull hockey jersey? Am I going to wear the justice shirt? Am I going to wear the Dora shirt? Am I going to wear the white injustice for all shirt? Dude, I I have a really easy decision. I have a really easy solution for what to wear to concerts and well for and or just because you only have one Metallica shirt. I don't. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of band shirts. I'm pretty lame <laughs> in that aspect. But what I was going to say is, it's it's really easy. You just grab whatever the first shirt at the top of the drawer is, whatever it is, toss it on and fucking send it, bud. My, send it away. My shirts aren't in a drawer; they're hanging. Some of mine are hanging too, but those are like my like button up shirts. I have way too many t shirts. It's I, I need to get rid of some. I'm looking right now on my desk. A package from Arkansas Rise just arrived maybe i'll wear that Bright i need to give a shout out to them i got a package from them as well i got the t-shirt Ooh. so thank you very much appreciate that i just made my mind up i'm wearing the arkansas rise shirt to las vegas i wore the arkansas rise shirt to work representing the chapter not metallica at the allegiant airlines stadium once again a billion dollar stadium named after a low budget low cost crappy airline what what do you do, do? it's vegas isn't there a stadium named after your driving school you work for? Say I don't think so. <laughs> is, that, is that a chain or is that just a local company? That's a local thing, which, by the way, we should probably edit out the fact that I said their name <laughs> just because I've said things about what I do. So, yeah, edit that part out. We're going to keep that part, but I'm going to enter one of those like panic button like beeps over when you say that. That's a good idea. Did you see that the Metal Massacre... 40th anniversary is releasing a reissue of the Metal Massacre on vinyl. I did see that. Is that was that Record Store Day that they're doing it for, or was it just pretty much? Yeah, because it's comes right around, around right, that time, right around Kirk's album too. Yeah, yeah. No, I that's that's a good one for me. I think that would be cool. I wish that I, I had. That's cool. I wish that I had an actual like turntable. I, I do kind of have one. My dad knows he has two of them. He's going to give me one. But you know, with having little kids, I didn't know if I should have that in my house right now. <laughs> I probably wouldn't go out well. Yeah. What does J-Rock say, say about spinning rhymes with a lazy Susan? I spin more rhymes than a lazy Susan, and I'm innocent till my guilt is proven. Spinning rhymes. I thought I'd do something with spinning vinyl. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, our guest tonight from Denver, Colorado, and uh, myself will be descending on Las Vegas. By the time you hear this, the concert's over. 
I'm guessing they're going to play Slither, Ronnie, Low Man's Lyric. It's going to be a hell of a show. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, all of those those hit songs like in my nightmare set list that some people weren't too happy with. You and the Bob Signal got a lot of mail. It was it was quite the day in the inbox. Not much hate, but a, a lot of comments. I feel like there were some interesting comments directed towards me and my and my choices for songs. But hey, you know what? Teach their own. Well, when they open up with Bread Fan, I'm FaceTiming you tomorrow night. <laughs> and I will be hanging up. All right, ready to go to Denver? Yes, yes, I am. Uh, this fan reached out to us in podcastforall at gmail.com. He's been on the waiting list way too long. We finally got around to him. Schedules aligned. He's seen 25-plus shows. Something tells me he's a Denver Broncos fan. As he waits in our virtual green room wearing the old-school Bronco jumping out of the Big D logo. I love that shit. I love the Broncos. John Elway was my favorite quarterback when I was a kid. Pate? Okay, one more pick or choose. Elway or Manning? As a Bronco or just in general as a quarterback? Just in general as Jeff Winslow watches the NFL on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. I'm going to have to go Peyton. Wow. But as a Bronco, I would definitely pick John Elway. (laughs) You always have stipulations in, in, in alternates and audibles. Well, yeah. This is our show. We can make the rules and do whatever we want. Montana or Marino? Uh, ooh, probably Montana. As the one you'd keep? Yes. All right, you're safe. I won't delete you. <laughs> Season 7, Episode 8, Denver, Colorado. Please welcome Mr. Dax McKinnis. What's up, Dax? What's up, fellas? How you doing? Peyton or John, Dax? Ah, uh, John. Thank you. Like, you can't... He's a... A legend. Oh, he's a legend. I agree. No John Elway, no Peyton Manning. Yeah, you can't take the forehead over John Elway. Dude, he, that's, was gr- that's, a, that's a six head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was, Peyton was great. Don't get me wrong. He got us our last Super Bowl, but that dude was halfway in a wheelchair when he got here. And <laughs> This is true. I mean, if you ever try to watch him throw, I mean, he, I, I could almost throw as far as he could by the time he got the Super Bowl. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. He's a great dude, and I'm glad Peyton came, but you can't put anything against John Elway. If you ever saw him live, I mean, I grew up watching him. I mean, I watched him on TV. I never got to see him. The best is you see him all around town now, and he's never sober. <laughs> really? <laughs> Good for my him. Kind he, of do, as Jeff would say, my dude. Yeah, he's, he's enjoying the finer things in life now. Oh, yeah. Let's just uh, say that he... Uh, he, he likes to put it down, and it's, uh, he needs some dental work, too. But Good for Elway. <laughs> Basically, what Dak said, Jeff, is back in 82, I could throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Hey, you know, and Peyton could before he went to the Broncos. True, true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. What about Sterling Sharp? I love that dude. Oh, yeah. Yep, I yeah, agree. He was great, too. He I was, a, he was a Packer start now, wasn't he? No, that was his brother. I'm sorry. Shannon. Yes, Shannon right. Sharp, yeah. That both those dudes were oh, amazing. Oh wait, no, well Shannon Shannon played here. Sterling played in Green Bay. That I got my sharps mixed up here. Too many sharps and flats. Sterling had a neck injury, so he had to retire early. Both rock stars, though, they had about a vertical leap of about eight feet. Well, dude, if you ran into Shannon Sharp, which look in Denver, it's not a very big city, so it's not hard to run into the athletes here, and you, you would run into Shannon and his neck was about the size of like your whole torso. 
I mean, it was, Shannon probably would have done better at that dunk contest than half the people that were there. Are you referring to the NBA dunk contest last weekend? Yes, I am. I had I didn't watch it live, but I did go back and watch some of it on YouTube. It was not very good. I actually made a post about it. Yeah, and I commented on it, and that's when I was like, all right, I need to go back and watch it, because if you're posting about it, it must be. The dunk contest is as bad as those new purses that men are wearing over their shoulder. It's like a new in thing. Have you guys seen this stuff? No, but they should call it a purse, right? It's terrible. I prefer to look away. Yeah. It's this new fad thing that people think is cool, and it's the dumbest looking thing ever guys wake up ditch the fucking purses for the most part i'm not really down with the fads and i don't really keep up with the trends even though fads and trends fads and trends even though they're all over social media and you know especially now my oldest daughter she's talking about them but i i don't know i try to tune out most of what's going on shane if you're lucky i'll get you a purse i'll give it to you at the show Ooh. Now, Shane, oh. are you going to rock a man purse if it's got the Metallica M on it? Or are you yeah, still... Leather and chain? If, if it has <laughs> the old school Bronco coming out of the D, I will definitely wear that for you, Dax. Not a problem. That's the only, the right. only way, though. He wants the old school. I don't want a Metallica purse. I really don't want that. But if it's got the old school... If it has the, the logo that's on your hat right now, Dax, I'm your guy. He's going to wear a fucking purse. <laughs> Somehow I got a bedazzler for Christmas, so I think I could actually make that happen. In <laughs> you got a bedazzler. That's We're 48 crazy. hours away from Vegas. Let's let's see if you can make that happen, man. I, I, I got some people that uh, work in a factory that could definitely get something done here. <laughs> Next 24 hours. Where, where are your seats in Vegas? Actually, I think we're sitting in the 100 section. Right on. Usually I do the, usually I do the GA, but... This Ice Nine Kills band is very intriguing, but it's not intriguing enough for me to go there. Something tell me Jeff knows who they are. I know exactly who they are. They come from yeah. my... Should we should we get there early, Jeff, or no? Uh, I mean, I've seen them live before. Those guys put on a pretty dang good show. I don't doubt that. It's, they're used to playing venues, you know, that are like, you know, First Ave or Myth or, you know, something, you know, and around that, like, you know, 5,000 plus capacity. What is that? stadium hold 70 it's like seventy five thousand yeah. people the, the thing is, is like i would be into seeing them if they came to the club but i don't want to get there and watch them and then sit through like another two hours before the other show so i've already like i saw greta in a in a club here yeah and uh, so like i kind of know what they're about so i'll decide depending on how much fun i'm having in the city what time i'm actually going to show i mean Plus, I can't stand to look at Greta's fashion for more than like 20 minutes. It drives me crazy. <laughs> these little dudes that look exactly like Led Zeppelin, they have a lot of talent, but I mean, golly, could you be more effeminate for a rock band? I'm like, hey, they're pulling up. in the poontang, though. And they're pulling in. Are they the, really? Are they? They're pulling they? in dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Uh-huh. $3 bill, y'all. <laughs> You're right. I'll, I'll, when you have such long hair that your groupie comes in and then your bandmate comes in and can't tell the difference, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a problem. You mean like, you mean I like, I know you, Jeff. I'm not saying that, I'm not, I'm not aiming this towards you. No, that's okay. You can because I, I'm really starting to get to this point now where I'm feeling like in the band that I'm in with Shane that maybe I might have to go to 90s Kirk. I'm really wanting to cut my hair off. Are you going to put uh, Friends Don't Let Friends Get Haircuts on the guitar? I should. On Pizzle's bass. I get why they cut their hair because I've had long hair for over a decade now and I'm really, really sick of it. 
Yeah, but you're so used to it now. I am used to it, but I'm sick of it. It's so annoying. I'm not going to lie, though. When um, I was in high school when Load came out, and I <laughs> my first show was in 89, and I was actually at that um, infamous Red Rock show where Sorum jumped behind the drum kit. Dude. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Awesome, Dax. And now at the time, I did not, I wasn't able to take in, like, understand the full effect of everything. Sure. But my cousin brought me, and all I know is I was like, these are some ugly looking fucking people, and I can relate. <laughs> so These are my people. Yeah, I was like, Dude, these guys don't look like the other purses I'm running around with. So, like, this is great. They don't look and, like poison. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't wearing lipstick and fishnets, and I was always confused by it. I was like, Jesus. So, um, getting back to it, though, when Load came out, you know, obviously after the Black Album, it, it was... I can't even tell you the mania. Um, I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 45. And I mean, I just remember going to any mall, any store when the Black Album came out. And it was like, it was insanity. I mean, it was like Beatlemania when you were trying to go and get that damn album. And it was insane. And these, you know, I don't think people, they will never get that experience back now because everything's streaming. But you go to Tower Records and it was a, it was like the place to be. So when Load came out, they had done all the promotion, and then, oh my God, you know, the haircut. And the, I just remember coming home. <laughs> I think I got loads from like a, one of those BMG CD services where you pay like a penny and they give you. you oh, know, I remember that. CD. Yeah. The subscription. Yeah. And, they, and I got it and I looked in the sleeve and I was like, what the fuck is this? Because I was like, holy crap. You know, and then. You started listening to the CD of a completely different stand. You're like, wait a minute. Did they did they get a whole new lineup? Are these different people? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I knew what happened. We, I think everybody at that time knew that Lars got in their head somewhere. Like, because there was just so much. Art- you're going to, you're going to let him, you're going to let him say that about Lars, Shane, that you're going to blame Loder. <laughs> Let's just say it was an artistic left turn. I like to refer to it as. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. I mean, it was an artistic U-turn. Like they, <laughs> I love, look, Load is one of my favorite albums. I love that album. But at the time, it I was think just that makes three of us. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. It was just such a shift, you know? And then, um, and then seeing Kirk with like the eyeliner and like the, the guy, and even James to some extent, I was just kind of like, how did he get roped into this? Like, what bet did he lose? You know, and, you know, and then as time went on, it was, they were headlining Lollapalooza and, Let's face it. They made a bet when the Black Album was being made. Lars said, if this becomes the biggest record we've ever made, you cut your hair and wear makeup on the next record. That's right. Maybe. But I'm going to tell you something. I'll tell you something, though. This is a band that I've been following since I was 12 years old. And in come hell or high water, I don't give a rat's ass what they do. I mean, if they if they murdered six people on stage, I'm still that loyal. So <laughs> even, you know what I'm saying? Like... Wow, That's that intense. might be the strongest statement we've ever heard in just under a hundred episodes. Uh, legit, I think that puts you at the most loyal fan that the band's Jeff, ever had. I just figured hey, it let out. Me say, let me tell you, just there a minute, Dax. A bi- the most maximum secure prison is in Colorado. In they built that in Florence, Colorado, because they knew Dax was going to make that statement in the future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's what they refer to as Supermax. Yeah. It is Supermax. And I've been to Supermax. Supermax Dax. Yeah. Supermax Dax. 
That's all right. Yeah, that's that's even worse than being in 23 hours of solitary, getting called fat, Superman fat. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> can you can you imagine going around with that? That's like you know being called Slippery Pete the whole your whole life, like <laughs> Slippery Pete. Well, you know, he might have had some. He might have had some. You know. <laughs> but I'll tell you, this band. The reason I love this band that's so much loyal. is that if you think about it, this band has. I don't know if there's another band on the planet that has had as many hits and misses as this band. You know, and most bands wouldn't recover from the misses. Who in their hell right mind thought it would ever be cool to, to collaborate with that geezer Lou Reed? Geezer. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then on top of that, they actually had the balls. I mean, let's, let's be honest. The five-foot Danish man actually had enough balls to do what everybody else was thinking which is he took on Napster, rightfully so, because people were poaching their art. Mm-hmm. And at the time, they were just such a huge band, everyone thought it was about the money. But I remember thinking to myself, like, good for this guy. You know what? Like, all these people burning his CDs were going to burn their CDs anyway. And every, every one of these bands that say that they're on board with this, they're nothing but a bunch of pussies. They didn't want to back him up at the time. I agree. Frankly, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. And you think about the load era and the reload and everything else. It's crazy. And to me, I don't think there's a, I, I find it hard pressed to find another band that has been so uncompromising in what they want to do. And they don't apologize for any of it. And I actually respect that, you know, so if they murdered six people and they own up to it, I'm cool. You know I mean? It's just, it's Jeff, just hey, I, want, I, mean, I mean, I want, I want Dax as a, as a defense attorney, if I ever get in trouble. The way I see it is is Vince Neil killed someone and all his fans forgave him. So razzle, yeah, which is unthinkable to me because the guy literally killed one person in his car. Didn't he kill like a little? He like killed a little girl or no, injured he, her or something. No, he killed the razzle Hanoi Rocks. Yeah, the drummer. Very sad. Yeah. So and I know that I know that Metallica was probably doing their fair share of drugs behind the scenes, but they weren't like driving Ferraris. You know, with a bunch of blonde bimbos running around town. Well, it's because they didn't smell good enough for a bunch of blonde bimbos <laughs> to hang out with them. <laughs> they smell like beer and fucking sweat. <laughs> Come on, what's that quote? I believe at the time of the accident, Vince was driving a Pantera. Yeah, D. Tommaso Pantera is what he like was driving. Like an 84. Those cars are fucking rare. That was badass back in those days. Still badass. <laughs> the crazy thing about the... The crazy thing about this band, too, is that I have so many ties to them um, just through inadvertent events. Like, so, for instance, I got to meet Rob and Chloe. I was living in Santa Barbara, California, and I was a restaurant manager for this place. And I had just finished up work around 4 o'clock. And I came out to go to my car, and I, I literally bumped right into Rob and on the sidewalk. What year was this, Dax? 2013. He turned okay. on and went, Hwah! <laughs> he was with chloe and ty and then i believe they have another child and mm-hmm. you know normally i've met a lot of uh just because of my hometown my hometown's about an hour west of vale which is where james lives and it's about 45 minutes from aspen so i kind of just uh through default i grew up knowing a lot of celebrities anyway like I went hunt, dove hunting with Don Johnson and, and all these crazy things. So Don Johnson, yes, Nash Bridges. That's right. Miami That's an episode Vice. for itself. <laughs> so 
I never really was really starstruck and I would never ask for photos. But when I saw Rob, I was like a little, I was like, oh my God. And I was partially just in shock because I was like, I literally just bumped into this guy. So he was gracious enough to take a picture with me and we talked for a little bit. And of course I was like, you guys got any new music coming out? <laughs> and I was, we just talked, it was cool. And then through the all within my hands, well, first of all, I met James the first time because I bounced the check in 1990, uh, 1998. You bounced the check? Yeah. So on the reload tour, um, for some reason I didn't have tickets and I, I was broke, like really broke. And I was in college at Colorado State. And uh, this guy on campus knew I was a fan. And he came and he goes, hey, I got a meet and greet pass for 100 bucks plus the ticket. And I was uh -huh. like, all right. And he's like, you want it? And I was like, yeah, but I have like five bucks to my name at the time. So I said, do you take a check? And he said, yeah. And so I wrote him a check that I knew wasn't going to clear. Because I was like, I'm never going to get this chance again. And so I went to the show. <laughs> and uh and i got to meet him and then sat through the reload stuff and then when i got back obviously i got a call about three days later uh hey man your check didn't go through are you sure hate when that happens it, yeah, yeah it's terrible man okay i'll take care of it and i knew i was getting paid on friday from like some job i had or whatever and i was paying the kid back and then um one of my friends was a bellman at a hotel here in Denver. And this was a pretty good story. He, so Metallica was staying there and he called me and he said, Hey, the band's going to be here at midnight. You know, they're going to be coming through the lobby. So you want to come and hang out? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we camped out now under his, uh, the, the rules of his workplace. He's not allowed to talk to any of the, the guests that sure. come in and check in. This is the 98, 99. Uh, this would have been like 90, yeah, 97, 98, somewhere in there. Gotcha. And they, they rolled in here on, uh, I think it was, it was, I don't remember what tour that was. All I know is I showed up and we, we get in there and then my friend Blake was like, yeah, man, I, you know, I can't talk to them because I'll get fired. And I'm like, well, that's a loser's mentality. <laughs> and he was like, and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, are you kidding me? How bad do you do this job? I'm like, Please, you go get a job at McDonald's tomorrow. You may never meet these guys again. Right. And so, so sure enough, they all came rolling in <laughs> with the roadies and everything. And I and I just walked up and very very briefly, like Lars was trashed, and I just said, "Hey, how you doing?" He just kind of like brushed me off, and I Kirk was kind of the same. They just not in a mean way. They were just kind of, I think tired or whatever. And they just rolled in or whatever. And meanwhile, my my friend walks up and he and he just says, "You know what? Screw this." And he he takes his name tag off and just throws it on the floor and he just walks up to him and he, he started talking to James and then everything kind of dispersed. It was a pretty quick moment. And then right after he got canned like faster than, he got canned faster than tuna. Like, like <laughs> Jeff, take your name tag off, meet James and you're terminated. <laughs> and that was that. That was just your job. Right. <laughs> Ballsy. And then, and then the most recent thing was, um, through the all within my hands giving back day where they were doing all the volunteer for the food banks. Mm -hmm. um, I did. So I did that for the first two years before COVID. And one of the ladies that I got paired up with um, to do some work is, was, is actually James's like assistant. So like when he flies, she's there to pick him up and she takes his baggage and all that. And um, she told me she, we were just talking and 
you know, it, it was all good. And then um, she was telling me that, um, you know, she was going to see him in like the next couple of weeks or something. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And so, you know, just like connections like that, much less like through the other fans. And then oddly enough, um, about two years ago, I was actually driving back to my hometown and I stopped in Vail. And uh, I was in the grocery store just grabbing a few things. And if you've never been to Vail, it's not very big. Uh, and Small tourist trap. Uh, yeah, but it's a very rich tourist trap. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I was in buying an $8 bottle of water or whatever. And the, I was wearing a shirt that said allergic to bullshit. And all of a sudden I felt this tap on my shoulder and this person was like, Hey, I like your shirt. And I looked around and it was Jake in the grocery store. Yeah. He's in the grocery store. He had like a cart full of food or whatever. And I was like, and I was just like, Whoa. And uh, I was like, Hey, how you doing? I was like, thanks. I appreciate it. And, uh, and then I just shook his hand and I just said, Hey, my name's Zach. And I said, uh, how you doing? And he said, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And I was like, um, I said, I think I said something like, uh, oh, so you're into like corn nuggets too, or something? I saw something in his cart. Sure. Yeah, and then he was, and then he was just like, we started talking for a second. I said, well, I just wanted to thank you for a couple of things. You know, the first one is that I've been in recovery for ten years. I've been sober for ten years, and I said, it, you know, Nicely it done. means a lot to have. It means a lot to have somebody of your stature. You know, unlike someone like Vince, let's say you know, who you really aren't going to take that seriously. I said, look, I, it looks like you've had your ups and downs. Everybody has them, but uh, I really appreciate the fact that you voice, you know, all the work that you do with the recovery. And I didn't mention anything about the music. And then the second thing I said, I wanted to thank you for what you are doing with the All Within My Hands Foundation, as far as the trades are concerned, because sure. I have a lot of friends that weren't as um, lucky as I was to have their college paid for, and they're making a really good living now. I could even argue they're making a better living than I do. Sure. Because, you know, I make pretty good money, but I don't know how to change a light bulb. So what do I do? I call these guys and they charge me 80 bucks. So I said, you know, it means a lot to think that somebody of your stature is actually speaking up for these kids that want to weld or be a carpenter or a plumber. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, they were looked down upon for a long time, but they're really what built this country. So, um, you know, and he was just like, yeah, yeah, I appreciate and he's like, I couldn't agree with you more. And he told me the story about how he told his kids, he said they were in Russia and they were on tour and they were driving through like some really bad neighborhood. And he, he made a point to point out to them that, you know, we stay in the nicest hotels and things like that, but don't get, you know, it's not like that for everybody. And he said that he really got um, adamant about this message because he got tired of his wealthy friends, um, he and and Han about how their kids were going to Harvard and this and that. Sure. And so we just talked about that for a little bit. And then I just asked him how he liked living in the Valley. And we talked about elk hunting and some other things. And it was probably like a 10 minute conversation. He, at the end, it was interesting. He goes, um, are you looking for a picture? And I said, absolutely not. I said, I just wanted to shake your hand. And I said, you, you know, it was really nice talking to you. And you know, that, uh, we talked about the Valley cause I grew up around there. So we, we had a lot in common there. And I just said, you know, um, how are you liking here? And he said, everyone's been amazing. And I said, yeah, you know, the people here, everyone has their own back. It doesn't matter who you are. Absolutely. So, you know, 
I hope you feel that. And he was just like, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, have a great time shopping. (laughs) Dude, that's awesome, Dax. Jeff, I want you to think of a new segment called What's in James's Grocery Cart? (laughs) Well, it's probably not any honey because he farms his own bees. He's got his own. I'm guessing that thing is full of meat. And maybe not. He maybe he goes. He probably goes hunting. Well, he hunts with, all his own meat. I was gonna say he probably goes hunting with you know Joe Rogan and gets some I elk. And I just can't see many veggies in his his cart. I think you can't see many veggies in your cart. You got that right. <laughs> Those things will kill you if you're not careful. Do you remember that line from the Rogan podcast where Rogan goes, "Where are you living?" And he goes, "Yeah, I live in Vale now." And he goes, "Oh, really? I thought you were living in the Bay Area." And he goes. Um, yeah, we just don't see eye to eye on right. the definition of what organic is. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, he's like, people of like, San yeah, Francisco uh, didn't like seeing the deer on my hood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was either the deer or the elk on his truck. Yeah. Which is so great. I can just imagine him like throwing this dead carcass on his like yeah. or whatever he's driving. Driving down the like, Tommy's joint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all the, all these like little liberal hippies are probably just like sipping their lattes going like. Oh my God, he's doing it again. <laughs> there goes the tattooed guy who kills animals and screams his Satanist music. He wiped out that deer that's been tearing up my backyard for the last month. That's right. What they got to live too, thing. man. They got to live too. <laughs> he, should, he, probably, he should have pulled over and said, hey, you want some jerky? <laughs> and Jeff, I wanted to mention one thing. I, I think I've, I heard in past episodes that so I think everyone's been wondering, and I want to bring up this thing about Kip Winger and get your opinion on it. But the Kip uh, Winger, wow! I got some news for you. So this thing about the Super Bowl, you know, there seems to be all this chatter about like why they won't play the Super Bowl. But if you listen to, um, I don't know if you've ever heard, I don't know if it's on anymore. It was a syndicated show with Nikki Six called Six Six at Night or something. Uh, and yeah, that sounds familiar. James was on there. Right when Hardwired came out. I remember that. The co-host asked them specifically, because it was right before the Super Bowl in San Francisco, why if they would play it. And his answer was pretty much like, you know, it's become such an entertainment spectacle at this point that we're not interested in going out there and putting on like some sort of a theatrical show to please everybody. He's like, if we were going to go play, we'd want to play our own set, do whatever we want. So he doesn't. That's why they played that halftime or whatever it was the, day, the night before or whatever. Too heavy for halftime in uh, 2015. Sorry. Spoken Sorry. like a, a true musician who got turned down from the halftime show. Just like Bruce Dickinson saying that he doesn't care that Iron Maiden doesn't get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and he doesn't want them to be in there. I mean, come on. Let's face it. When you That's bullshit. Th- that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. That's bullshit. I don't believe 100%. That James, I, I don't think that he necessarily cares, but I don't think that if they, if the Super Bowl actually offered it to him, I don't see them turning it down. I don't see him saying, no, I'm not going to do it. I think the Super Bowl's scared of having them on. I, I mean, I legitimately think that. I think that they think that they would come out and they would melt everyone's face off. And as much as the world would probably be, that would be the best Super Bowl ever. I think that the NFL, and now, you know, the Super Bowl's contract for halftime is going through Jay-Z, so we, we're not going to get a rock act for God knows how long now. But they, I just think that they're, they probably think they're too extreme and they're going to go out there, which is funny because if you go to any football game, they must play like six Metallica songs 
<laughs> during the game. Oh, every time there's a timeout, you hear the intro to bells. Yeah, you hear Enter Enter Sandman at every freaking sporting event known I to mankind. I think you hear bells more. When you're really when you're li- really listening close to the any sporting event timeout, uh, introductions, yeah, absolutely. uh, a TV timeout, it's always oh, there's the bell. Here we go. I think it's just maybe they're just not ready for it yet, but I I don't know. To me, it doesn't it doesn't really make sense why it hasn't happened because Metallica does get played at a lot of sporting events. You know what I mean? And you would think that you know the NFL. I was um, I mean I was somewhat shocked. They'd make a lot of money. (laughs) Well, you know that the entertainers that play that show have to top up their own money. Not that that's an issue for them, but. You know, you have to pay for all of that production. The NFL doesn't kick in any money. No, no. I mean, like, the NFL would make a lot of money off of Metallica doing that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I don't get why they haven't done it. I know Metallica, and yeah, they're not. I'm telling you, they're getting on Basil's rocket and going to space before they play the Super Bowl. Well, I I believe that. I mean, you know, that's going to lead me to the second question after this winger thing. So I don't know if you guys listen to Have you been um, to space? Yes. Have you played the Super Bowl? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Been to Antarctica? Yeah. Super Bowl? No. Yeah. Seven continents in one year, space, yeah, Super Bowl, no. No. <laughs> do you guys listen to Sirius XM at all? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so do you know Eddie Trunk? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I listen to his show a lot during the week, and the, he's pretty – I like him. Anyway, he had Kip Winger on a couple weeks ago, and he got Kip to actually say – Eddie was like, hey, Kip, do you want to tell everybody what happened to you a couple days ago? And Kip said – Sure, why not? And Eddie said, yeah, Kip told me about this in private, but he's going to tell you now, tell the audience. He said he got a phone call two days before it was from James. And it was out of the blue. It was James's rep asking Kip's rep if he could talk to him. And Kip said, yeah. So I picked up the phone and James proceeded. He goes, I'm not going to tell you everything in the conversation, but he apologized for the Nothing Else Matters video where they were throwing the fucking dart at him. Lars was throwing the dart. Right, which is interesting, but it leads you to believe that, it, in my guess, it was part of something in his recovery where he, because who apologizes after 30 years? But I think the most important thing to me is why is Kip Winger still fun, like really freaking butthurt over? I remember reading a few things where Kip said that due to that footage, that he thinks that that, that was a turning moment in his career where his career went down the tubes. Please, Beavis and Butthead was one of the best things that ever happened to him. I understand he's a good musician, right? But when you're writing songs like "She's Only 17, you're only gonna go so far. That was the only song he ever wrote. Jeff, it's time for what'd you call it last week? Shara Roki. Shana Roki. Shana Roki. Headed for a heartbreak. Do 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 do. Would you look? Let's be honest. If it was you, Shane, that had your picture on there, I'd be flattered. I'd be. What's he talking about? uh, I'd be flattered that my face is on a music video that I believe last summer reached one billion views on YouTube. Nothing else matters. Studio video. And his Wikipedia page probably got a hundred thousand hits right after. Headed for a dartboard. Do, how do, how do, butthurt do, do, is he really? Do, 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 do. He's really upset about it. He said on that interview, he said that uh, 
James said, oh, I'm sure that this had a negative content, like uh, a negative effect on your career. And, and Kip was really resentful. Like on the interview, he said, look, I, I appreciate the apology and I have no ill will towards James to be, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's like, it, it doesn't make me feel good. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, dude, get over it. If Dave can get over it, then Kip can get over it. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, it's kind of like at this point, this is why I don't want to, I don't want to be a Wiener fan anyway. Just go dig a hole in the ground and smoke some dope out of it like David Lars did. Yeah, smoke some fucking hash <laughs> out of the ground. My little Danish friend. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, secondly, really quick, the the other thing I wanted to ask you guys in your opinion is, <clears throat> I heard your comments about, so I didn't go to the 40th anniversary shows, but I did go to S&M um, But I did watch the 40th anniversary shows. And, you know, I agreed, I think it was with Jeff. There's one thing that's been bothering me, which is, you know, you, you, you complain a lot about the hits, about being played, and I don't disagree with you, but here's the thing. Jeff, you have a fan at Supermax. <laughs> I think that there's one thing that they showed us on those 40th anniversary shows, which is that Lars looked phenomenal, but let's be honest. I mean, I don't know how many of these songs they can play on a, on a weekly basis you know, due to the age, and yep. I think that's why the hits come out. So oh, much. no, that is definitely a big reason. I'd agree. It makes me wonder, like, in your guys' eyes, like, what do you think? You think they got one more album and one more tour cycle in them before they hang it up? Or do you think that they will just sort of, I think Kirk doing this, doing this Portals album is already kind of showing, like, you know, he's already got stuff to do. But I yeah. wonder, you know, James made a comment, I think it was after Trapped Under Ice or whatever, where he said, it's not getting any easier. So I do wonder when the end, like the end is near. I just want oh, it's definitely sooner than later. And an album, especially now after hearing them, you know, how they sound the last few years. And I'm, this is not saying they sound bad because they still sound fucking amazing for, especially their age and the complexity and the difficulty of the music that they're playing at that age but let's face it we all know that it's it's been slowing down the guitars have been coming up the singing has been straining more like it's they're getting tired and i think the best thing to do is yeah one album and a tour and i think even i think originally shane's idea was an album a tour and then a big farewell tour and i I'd say that would be the proper thing to do. I don't want to see James start sounding like Vince. I hate that we're ragging on Vince, but but it's this is awful. Let's just be, call it what it is. No, it is. And Molly Crew does not need to go out and do this tour. They're talking. I've been I've been seeing Nikki Six and them posting they're adding on dates now. Yeah, they're adding dates. It's like who the fuck? Vince can't do that. I'm sorry. Like shout at your grandma. <laughs> They got they got a coke habit that spans ten times around the world. They got to pay for it. Well, I could see Vince. I think Nikki's been sober for quite some time. I, I'm making a joke, but yeah. But no, but I think I think I think uh, Vince is probably still on the the booger sugar. Metallica plays Europe this summer, uh, South America this spring, Europe this summer. They got to go back back to Australia now that that's opened up. I'm guessing well, those people go nuts, man. I'm guessing album. Christmas time, a little bit after New Year's, uh, one more, one more around the world tour, and that's 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 where my prediction is. I know I predicted an album last Christmas, but I was I was off by a year. I, I apologize. I could see them doing 
you know, doing a farewell, but not completely hanging up. Like I could see them maybe like showing up for festivals here and there after, after they're done. Like like, these one-offs they're doing right now. Yeah. Like I could just see them popping up every once in a while because like here's Atlanta, here's Vegas, here's New York. Yeah. But as far as like actual world tours playing three, four five nights a week, I don't think they'll do very many more of those. I think one, maybe two tops. I hate to say it because it just depresses you in a way. It does. It does. But at the same time, you still want them to go out when they sound good. Like I feel like it would depress me way more to say, Hey, I want you to keep going, keep pushing it to get to that point where it's like, now it's at the point where it's like, it's not even listenable. That's, that's when it becomes embarrassing. And I'd love to see them go out on top. They're still on top right now. What, what I was going to say is there's that famous quote by Lars where he said like, you know, no offense to Charlie Watts, but we're not, right. you know, so I think when I say depressing, I just mean it's going to end. But I will say this, you know, you have all these bands, you know, the crew just did it right. And David Lee Roth supposedly comes out of retirement. All these bands say they're going to retire and they never do. But I don't think Slayer in did. their case, I don't think that they, yeah, Slayer's the exception. But I don't think these guys are going to have, Slayer didn't have a choice either because they're, you know, Tom Arai's neck and this and that. And they just physically couldn't do it. And I think that there's not going to be any shame when they walk away because they know physically they cannot do it anymore. So I don't think there's going to be this motley, you know, like this motley crew press conference where they come out and they're like, oh yeah, we're back. Like, it's not going to happen. I think they're going to, they'll ride off in the sunset. Kirk will probably be guest appearing on some stuff and he'll write his own things and Rob will do his stuff. And I think Lars will be happy chilling out in freaking the Bay Area. I could legitimately see... Once the band is like done, we'll just say done touring for a lack of better terms. I could see James and Lars never doing anything with music ever again. I could see mm-hmm. Robin, I could see Robin Kirk continuing on, maybe doing solo stuff, guest appearances, like you were saying. But I could, I could definitely see James and Lars once Metallica's done, like, yep, that's it, set it down, and they, they'd be done. This leads into a segment. Can I give it really, really quick? Can I give you my uh, nightmare set list? Oh, yeah. You have a nightmare set list after last week's episode, Dex? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, <laughs> wow, dude. Look at this. Was, was mine avid, terrible? An avid listener. <laughs> no, but I, but I think what was interesting was, um, so I came at, originally I thought this was going to be really hard, right? Because look, any crappy Metallica song is, is better than any other thing you're going to hear. I mean, it is. I'm better sorry. than better than anything Charlie Watts ever wrote. Well, <laughs> rest in peace, old man. Rest in peace, Charlie. But you never played damaging at the age of sixty. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, he was tap tap tap. He he played the drums he did when you were a kid. I mean, let's be honest. Those Stone songs I could play, and I don't know how to play anything. Hey, you know, sometimes are... sometimes being in the pocket can be tough. Yeah, ask Phil Rudd. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> how many songs, Dax? It's sixteen. Yeah, modern day. Modern. I like this. Yep. But when I thought about this, a lot better I than that Bob O'Rourke guy. <laughs> that eighteen. His, his was pretty funny. I got to be honest. I heard that sideshow Bob with his holograms. Slideshow Bob. <laughs> but I thought about this, and I was like, "Well, is this going to be a, a a thing where it's like a mix of like Jeff, where they play the hits, and you just don't want to hear them anymore? Is it going to be something like you know, rarity, whatever, blah blah blah, or is it going to be like songs you hate?" Just obscure. The concept for me was like, you know, if you're at a job or you're a comedian or whatever, right, and you have a bad day at work or a bad day on stage or whatever it's going to be, 
that's a that's a really you feel like you blew it. So that's kind of how I felt like with this one. So with that being said, the they come out to the tape of Hardwired, right? And you know it's like and then it goes where they and then the drums kick in. Yep. Well, I thought, well, how shitty would that be if they came out and the lights were, you know, they're dark because they don't kick in until the drums do, and all of a sudden the drums start, but then the tape gets stuck and it just goes on repeat. So they're still up there on stage. A really vanilla moment. It's like it's like when a, a Metallica tribute band plays at First Ave and Sad But True keeps looping over and over throughout the whole song. So yes. I can just imagine James, like, Lars is playing and he's looking up, right? Because he's like, God damn, this loop won't stop. And then it's like a spinal tap moment where they're just like, ah, shit. <laughs> so Big Mick finally is able to cut the sound or whatever. And then they go from that into Attitude. Ooh, um, a lot of people liked and, Attitude when we had our dream set list, Dax. I hate that song. Sounds true. Clearly. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. But you don't replace, think that replace, hearing replace a song... Replace it with Slither. Don't you think hearing a song that rare, though, that'd be pretty cool? Let me tell you something, Jeff. I've heard songs that are rare that suck, man. They're not... They, I could get... I, look, I get the creativity behind trying to play something you haven't heard in a long time. But when they played it on the Reload Tour, <laughs> it sucked then. It ain't changing now. Uh, that's you true. If it sucked then, it's definitely not going to be any better now. He showed yeah. you, Jeffrey. Hey, Sometimes, sometimes you gotta be put in your place. I hear it. Attitude goes into into cyanide. Oh my, my I'm dude! Not, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that song either. Thank you. At all. Um, so they go into that. I've already. Then died. they go into then they go into bad seed. Ooh. And that song bothers me too. I don't know why. It just gets under my skin. Like, I don't know. If they play Bad Seed, I'd be pretty pumped because it's like a replay of the Cunning Stunts intro. Oh, dude, I'd be super pumped if I heard Bad Seed live. <laughs> the groove of it, the, the groove is great and the riff is good, but like, I, I don't know. I just felt like the lyrics were terrible and like, I just felt like they could have done better. Anyway, they go from Bad Seed right in, right into Purify. Uh-oh. Which. Oh, man. E flat to drop C. Terrible. <laughs> That's quite the tuning change. <laughs> And then they go into possibly, this is my top two, this is one of the top two songs that I've only listened to twice because I, I can't stand it that much. And that would be better than you. I like the way he put that. I just can't stand it that much. <laughs> Dax has some strong opinions and I like how he stands behind them. By the way, better than you won a Grammy. <laughs> sure did. Well, that tells you something about the Grammy. Those people are deaf. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that one because look at how the Grammys are working nowadays. And Terrible. yeah, oh, it's a joke. It's a joke. If I got to like, you ever watch The Simpsons? You ever watch The Simpsons and like Homer? He opens up the closet. He's got like three Grammys in the closet. That's pretty much how relevant. He is. I will say wholeheartedly though, if ever in my life, which it will never happen, if I ever do or did win a Grammy, I wouldn't be complaining about it. Just saying. Oh, I would. I'd give it back. I wouldn't. I'd take it, and I would... Jeff, we're going to nominate you for Best Metal Tribute Performance. Dude, I'd find a way to turn it into... I'd turn it into a bowl and smoke out of my Grammy. <laughs> so you smoke out of a Grammy, an apple, and a dragon. Fucking right. <laughs> it's the same thing with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a farce. It's a complete farce. Eminem I mean, just got nominated, and Judas Priest did not. Exactly. That's all I have to say. Eminem deserves right. to be in. 
bullshit. 100% he deserves, just like bullshit. NWA. It's not the Music Hall of Fame. If you if you want to let everybody in, like Oscar the Grouch with Big Bird in 1985, <laughs> then you need to change the name. Oscar the Grouch. Well, fair enough, then Metallica shouldn't be in it because they're not a rock and roll band. They're a metal band. If we're going to go... If, they play rock and roll. If we're going to go that far, I mean, technically they're not a rock and roll band. Led Zeppelin's a rock and roll band. They play live, they play live instruments. Yes. Eminem has a live no. instruments in his band too. So. No, it's not. It's only the keyboard or computer approaches. Maybe, maybe in the studio, but live there is a there is a full band with him. Dax comes out swinging everyone. I can't. I, we're not going to get into that, please. That's, that's a ridiculous argument. But <laughs> anyway, that's you all go right. From He's Bennett getting in. You, you go into better than you and to shoot me again. Ooh. Which Saint Anger times two. I think after you've heard Purify, Bad Seed, and Better Than You, Shoot Me Again seems very proper. Dude, this sounds like a dream set list. Just buying tickets. Just not going to Vegas. He's going to this show. I know. I've already bought my (laughs) ticket. I got VIP meet and greets for this one. (laughs) $24.99. And to the the recorded version of, it doesn't even matter what version it is, of Lords of Summer. I mean, that song just dragged on and on and on and on. I have to stop. I have to stop you right there. After last week with O'Rourke and Jeff mentioning Lords, I listened to Lords quite a bit this week. That's a badass song, guys. Musically, but if if James didn't sing in it, it would be much better. I'll agree with you there. Musically, it it was kind of like a Beyond Magnetic. Like the lyrics were just it. Just well, wasn't their vocal. He should have. He should have come up with a different melody jamming. line for the. The riffs were too. jamming in that song. Yeah, but it, especially like, the bridge. You know, what was, you know what it reminded me of? It just reminded me of like one big jam that they did in the, the two room, and they just and and that's kind of like I'm cool with it because if they got ideas off of it, but I mean, geez, one big jam, aka the Judas Kiss. Yeah, but you know what? People <laughs> love the end of the line and All Nightmare Long, and everybody knows that those are half of those songs. They were together at one time, and they turned into two completely different songs. The other new song. Yeah, but they you can definitely tell that they're different jams that are... And they pieces. turned off, and they turned into badass songs, unlike the Judas Kiss. I just thought Lords of Summer was like a, a hodgepodge of stuff that they kind of glued together, and it just didn't sound great. And it I, was. I, I don't know. It was. Oops. Love the riff, so... Yeah, I'll agree. Like musically, like that main riff, the like that's a badass riff. I love it. No, I agree. There's some cool riffs, but it's a whole song. I just can't take it. Jeff, almost as good as looking down the barrel of a forty-five. Of a forty-five. <laughs> and then it goes into the. Uh, it goes. This is where the, this show is going to get very interesting. So. It goes into the second song that I have not listened to more than two times because the first time I heard it, I puked. Uh, it's <laughs> Am I Savage. They, that song, My whoever dude. thought was put that on an album should be shocked. That to, I mean, that song's awful. Here's, here's Dak shooting another person, so now we're up to seven homicides now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe you, you should learn after the first six. <laughs> So then the band finally realizes that they've made some maybe poor choices in the show and they decide to warm up the crowd so they whip out Sandman. Okay. Right afterwards. See, now we're on now now we're on the same page, brother. 
Yeah, because they figured they at their MI Savage while they were playing. James looks over to his left and he sees all these people going to the beer line. And he's like, oh, shit. Okay. He's like, oh, shit, they're going to get beer. I want them to leave. This is supposed to be a bad show, so I'll play Sandman until they all leave. 48 hours from now, I'll be buying a $29 beer in a Vegas Raiders cup. 48 hours from now, you're going to... Fl- you're going to be flying across the country to hear fucking enter Sandman and nothing else matters, brother. Sandman drinking a $29 Raider beer. <laughs> I will send you a so picture. From, now, this this next song is actually something that I did see them fuck up in, in concert. So uh, they would go from Sandman into the Merciful Fate medley. And Aw, dude. I saw this. They tried like to the attempt it on the Magnetic Tour. Um. And they got about halfway through, and then they just couldn't put it together. You sure and they weren't fucking around with it? No, no. They they started from start, and they were running it through, and then Kirk messed up, and then they ran it through again. So it's not that I wouldn't want to see the Merciful Fate. I would love to see that thing again, or the Ronnie Rising, but chances I, are... I got to see that medley at the Fillmore, and it was fucking amazing. I bet. Especially oh. with King Diamond. No, see, I know exactly what made it. It was so cool. I know exactly what you're saying because that was like putting fight fire with fire on mine. It's not that I don't want to hear that song, but hearing it second to last, they're going to be gassed out and then having to hear Rob's Karate's in the background, you know, like, wow. I, that's why it was on the nightmare. It's not because I think it's a terrible song. It's not because I think they play it bad. I think it's just at the end of the show like that. You know, fast song, James's voice is kind of shot. Like, I think it would be a little bit rough. So I totally get what you're saying. I saw him on the Hardwire tour up in Portland, and they messed up No Remorse. And I got to be, and it was funny because they, James, they played the song, and right at the end, um, when Lars, you know, finishes it with the drums, you hear this, and James was late to the timing. And afterwards, everyone in the crowd was just kind of laughing because I think what's cool is that you see that they're human, right? So, Oh, yeah. I and love live mistakes. I do too. And I love how they play it off too. Like James oftentimes, like, if, you know, you'll see him make a face or he'll even say something about it. You know, like he embraces it. So as far as this list is concerned, you know, for them to walk off stage and be like, well, we really effed up that medley, right? That would, that, that, that's why it would be a nightmare. Right. So then after that, they feel so bad that they finally decide to warm up the crowd again. <laughs> and they come out, they come out with the memory remains. But they bring out Marianne, okay? Hell yeah, she's hot. Yeah, but here's the thing. So they go into this, they, they think they're doing this amazing thing because they got the special guest and they bring her out. And then all of a sudden she starts going into her little part. They're like, ah, you know. Does she die on stage? Is she the... She does eight, die on stage. She's the eighth eighth, eighth person. Eighth death. <laughs> she dies on stage. All the cigarettes and booze caught up to her finally. <laughs> And Jesus. she finally, she passes out it, right when the crowd starts to chant with her. She just eats, she eats it. So then just like oh at the load tour, right, with like cutting stunts and everything on that stage show, which I was at, instead of that guy running out on stage on fire, there's actually real paramedics that have to come and take her off the stage. Okay. Good thing that stretches there from cutting stunts. That's right. So they're branded with the Metallica logo and everything. They, they get her out of there. Metallica paramedics. Metallica. Yes. Metallica ambulance. Ambulance. <laughs> Metallica EMT. On the stretcher, it says that was just your life. <laughs> Larry Levine, new merch idea right there. <laughs> you hear? You hear? Doo, 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 doo. Oh no, no, no! That's that's not your heart. That's just us <laughs> playing music in the ambulance. <laughs>
Well, needless to say, everyone in the crowd is in shock at this point. Come get your, that was just your life stretcher. I'm in shock right now, and I'm not even there. <laughs> that was just your, the end of the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's in shock at this point, and they're about to go into more shock because they bring out Jaw Rule next. See, there we go. Obviously, they did not anticipate Marianne dying, so they thought they would do something more creative and bring out Ja Rule for We Did It Again. But unfortunately, it took a turn sideways because there was a death, and now they got a Ja Rule coming out, which is a double whammy of crap. <laughs> Jeff wants to see you him, know, though. I do. Ja Rule is awesome. Oh, my God. I know deaf people that don't want to see him. I mean, <laughs> well, I think it would be blind people that don't want to see him. Deaf people might not want to hear him, though. Dax, I think you sh- Dax, you need a you need a stand up bit in Denver, man. We you sure you do. You really do. A late night gig at Supermax. <laughs> so then this these last three songs, it gets really interesting. They gotta warm up the crowd again because they realize that they just possibly well, someone had a heart attack or emphysema or whatever and died. And they just filled everybody else's head with a bunch of nonsense hip hop crap. So Born they within. come back out, they scramble and decide they're gonna have to play Sad But True. So that everybody can kind of get back in line again. Everybody can go back to sleep. No. Then, no, they're doing it because they they probably had another song in the set list, but like Hatred or something, but they were like, well, we're already on thin ice as it is. So maybe, you know, we got to do something to help warm them up. So then the next song they come out, this is pre-planned. Unfortunately, they do nothing else matters with Miley, which nobody wants to see. Okay, that's Jeff, just terrible. Jeff's digging this with Sandman, Sad, and Nothing Else. Hey, you know, I'm digging the Nothing Else with Miley, because if I have to hear that fucking song live, I want to hear it in a different rendition. I thought it was the Darius Rucker version. Oh, that's the version I want to hear, but... That's the version you actually put on, isn't it? I That's the version I'd actually listen to. Okay. That's like saying that you want to hear a different version of... A, like, a, you want to hear a version of any other song, you know, sung by a wounded animal. <laughs> I don't know how you can look at that. So close, no matter how far. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trust in who we are. And nothing else matters. Never open myself you know, I'm not a big Miley Cyrus fan, but I'm not going to say she sucks at singing. That's I'm that's, not saying that, but it, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really think that was all it was meant out to be. Elton John saying that was like the greatest written song. I mean, that's what I he hope said. he's not mean with Miley singing. I mean, no, I don't think so. Well, it's not the greatest with Miley singing it, but it's not the Jeff's worst. Always, Jeff's always been about that James solo at the end. I love the James solo. I know you do. We've talked about that 75 times. So everyone gets over the shock of Miley because nobody really cares about her anymore. That they they end with the frayed ends of sanity. What? Yes, they Whoa. go into frayed. They go into frayed, but just like when they played it, what was that? Like thirteen or whatever, Orion. They haven't played it in so long. By request to her. Okay, so there's so many cobwebs on that song that. They get through it, but it is, it's like giving birth to triplets. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be tough. <laughs> That's like if they tried to play Dyer's Eve nowadays. Yeah. So they finally walk backstage 
and they're like, yeah, that was a nightmare of a show because nothing went right. You know what I'm saying? Nobody likes better than you. Nobody likes attitude. Nobody wants to see Miley. Nobody wants to see an old geezer fall down on stage. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this could, how could this concert get any worse from like a, like a standpoint of like. Well, we got to see paramedics haul Marianne away. Hey, and you had three black album songs on there too. So, I mean, you're doing Jeff's pretty, happy. You're doing pretty good <laughs> for that nightmare set. <laughs> how many kids, you know, there's generations now going to these shows. You know, they're going to be scarred for life after seeing their grandma pass out on stage. I mean, <laughs> there's problems. Marianne, I think that's someone's great grandma. Yeah, in, yeah. It, she's In an hour and four minutes, we're up to eight deaths, Jeff. Yeah, there's a lot of... Call the funeral home. A lot of MDKs going on. A lot of murder, death, kills. Holy cow, Dax. He needs a stand-up act in Denver. we got to get him a gig. I know. Whoa. You'd have some really great things to say. I come see you. Dax, what do you do for a living? I'm actually a real estate agent. Right on. That that seems that seems fitting because quite you, the market right now. You well and you definitely know how it seems like you know how to speak very well, so I feel like I feel like that would be yeah, something yeah, that works. I mean, yeah, it works out when I'm like, Are you gonna buy this fucking house or no? Sometimes sometimes yeah, people no, need I'm, to hear I'm, that. I'm a little bit more eloquent than that. Hey, you know. But yes. Uh, How many people say, hey, Dak, sell my home. I'm going to give you 1% commission. Uh, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine that happens a few times. I had that. You know what's funny? Is I, had that, I had that situation last week. And my, here's my conversation. I say, okay, what do you do for a living? And they say, well, I'm a I don't know, computer software engineer or whatever. Okay. You know, if I hired you to come and program my house, you know, and you say that your fee is two thousand dollars to do it, and I come and tell you I'm going to pay you five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Right, bye. And that's it. But mostly, I'm not that abrasive about it. I just kind of tell them, like, look, this is the value that you're getting for what you know I'm asking for, and I never really have an issue with it. And in fact, that person did want me to do it for one point five last week, and I just talked to them about it, and they, I just told them exactly what they're getting, and then they came back to what I originally was asking. You're like 25% or nothing. <laughs> I teach kids how to drive. Here's an APFA guitar pick. Yeah, a guitar pick. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Jeff, I still owe you a Chipotle burrito. Don't let me forget. March 26th. Florida. Destin, Florida. Destin, Florida. Why do you owe him a burrito? Because people voted for Jeff a couple weeks ago in the Voting for All segment over myself. We had a little bit. That's, pr- that's your prize? Well, yeah, because we like Chipotle. I thought you were his friend. I'm a drummer, Dax. I can't afford more than a couple steak bowls. <laughs> and he's letting me. He's letting me get steak. He he didn't. He didn't even say I had to get the veggie one. He's like, I'll even. I'll even flip for the steak for you. I'm letting you come to my warm state of Florida and have a burrito. You should. You should feel most privileged, Duder. I feel very privileged. I love Florida. <laughs> okay. Hey man, if you buy me a burrito in Vegas, I, I'd probably eat it and then I'd probably have to go to the hospital, but we'll be all right. Done yeah, deal, Dax. We're we're gonna meet up, man. He'll get it's you a couple forty eight hours. We're gonna be hanging out. Let's just not end up at Supermax at the end of the weekend. In forty eight hours, you guys will be able to hear nothing else matters and sad but true. Yeah. What do you? Let me ask real quick. What do you think? Um, do you think that I, I got to imagine there's gonna be plenty of the hits anyway, just because of what we were talking about earlier? But also, I wonder. Do you think the production's gonna be anything like they had on the hardwired? Or do you think it's going to be this like stripped down stuff they've been doing in Atlanta? You were at some of those shows, right? So 
It's going to look identical to Louisville, Sacramento, Atlanta, Fort Lauderdale, and that's it, dude. I'm thinking like it's Vegas. It's you know, it's like nope. they might put a little bit more into it. You don't think so? Huh? They're still in the COVID cutting corners, cheap production look, and they're sharing the stage the next night with Billy Joel. It's going to be a very standard stadium, no snake pit, just a big ass video screen and hundred foot stage. Are you going to go for Greta? Are you going for the opening band? I don't know yet. Matters of time I get into town. I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to be there about nine, ten hours and going to be out. I'm guessing opening up with Whiplash, with Jeff's favorite Whiplash intro tape. And maybe Frantic, maybe St. Anger, closing with I was thinking the same Sandman. thing, that they're going to pull Frantic out again. Um, which hasn't been sounded bad at all, I think. And actually, surprisingly, has sounded really good. Of their live set lately, Frantic is one of the strongest songs I felt. And Jeff, I'll FaceTime you. You know I'm good for that. Right. <laughs> you know when your FaceTime rings, something good is going down. Especially, yeah. If, if you're at a show, I know, like, all right, it's going to be something good. Always something good when I dial you up. <laughs> Do you remember when they, was it last year or maybe two years ago, when that, that, um, scandal broke out about them pitching out the tickets. The tickets, like they were yeah. Holding this guy named Tony that they considered to be part of the family, and he had worked the deal out behind the scenes with Live Nation to do this. And it brought up the question of: Did the band know that this was happening, or and didn't care? Did they know about it and get pissed off, and they went back to management at that point and said something, or was this something that Tony did like rogue and? you know, he's still flying on the planes with them. And so it made me wonder, you know, what the management structure really is now, because at that point in time, that was a really bad look. I'd say the band 50-50 shot that they're aware of it. I think any national artist these days management, I think all those people know that's going on. And let's be honest, probably getting a percentage of it too. Well, they got, from what I heard on that, they got 40% I of it. the resale the resale value I um, of those tickets. So, and the idea was that they would hold back 8,000 tickets a show on that stadium tour and to keep them out of the scalper's hands because now I don't... And the secondary market. Yeah, and I don't disagree with this. And any fan that, that, that doesn't understand this, they really don't understand. From a band's point of view, I understand why they do it because they... They would rather reap the, the profits than the scalper ripping, you know, taking the profit on the sidewalk. Right. So for them, they're like, well, we'll take 40% of it. But, you know, it, again, it's like the Napster thing. Nobody really understood what they were trying to do. And then all of a sudden they hear, oh, Metallica is this massively wealthy band. And they're putting stuff on the resale market. Right. And average ticket prices are like $500 and people can't go in this and that. It's like, yeah, but. Until Ticketmaster gets broken up because they're a monopoly, the same with Live Nation, can you blame the bands for wanting to keep more of their money? Well, let's ask Jeff. Jeff plays an original band he found, and he also plays in a national touring Metallica tribute band. Jeff, your original band in the Twin Cities just sold 800 tickets at face value, and you found out that 250 of those 800 were sold at 400% above the price and your fans are finding out about this, what do you do? You know, I feel like it's a tough decision because it it varies on the level 
of band I feel like that you're in. You know, I feel like if you're in a band like Metallica, I'm not saying Metallica. I'm saying you're playing. I'm going to say you're playing first Ave to 1500 people. And then I'm going to flip the table to the other extreme. That's the tough thing. So if I'm playing like that in that type of setting, I'm just happy that I'm filling up a room like that. You know what I mean? Obviously if I can reap a little bit of that, that would, that would be nice. But at at that point, I don't think I'm really, I'm really carrying because, hey, the room is packed. Everyone's there. You know, not much I can okay. do about it at that point. Now, okay, now the room is packed at Allegiant Stadium with seventy thousand people, and nine thousand tickets are going for four times as much. What do you do as the artist? You know, it's because you want to say like, all right, so you're at that point, money shouldn't matter, right? But at that point, I I almost feel like it matters more. Because when you're at that smaller level, you're doing anything you can to make sure that you're bringing in, you're bringing in these, you know, these people. But when you're at the level like Metallica is, and especially, you know, they, they care so much about their fans. I feel like what they, what they're doing by doing that is keeping them at an affordable price for their fans. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like at that level, that's when I'm going to start caring more, but I feel like in the smaller kind of you know, uh, an upcoming band, if you will. I think they're just happy to to pack the room. I think what was interesting was that they didn't, I for sure thought at some point that Mars would have came out and made a statement, mm-hmm. you know, something along the lines of, um, you know, either one of two things. Yes. We put them back on the resale market because we would, we would rather keep the money, which we're rightfully do instead of the scalpers, or number two, I thought he would have came out and said, look, we fucked up. You know, we thought something was going to happen. It went, it didn't go the way we thought. And we understand why people are upset. Right. But there was really nothing that came out. And I was, at the end of the day, I guess nothing really has to because they're still going to sell this show out. But I think the hardcore fans do want to hear once in a while, like when these things happen, like what the band is actually having to think about it. Or instead of just having one of the management people, you know. I feel like it was just one of those things that it just kind of fell into place, you know, because by keeping the tickets out of the scalper's hands, you know, that seems like it's the band's way of saying, hey, we're trying to protect these ticket prices for our fans, you know, so you're not getting robbed for your. Oh, I get that. Now, if something happens, you know, after that, that's. Did they know? Did they not know? Who knows? But oh, you know, I was just trying to buy Jeff a new AMG. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think that they're necessarily the ones that need to come out and make the statement, though. At the same well, time, well, once again, once again, I will reiterate what I said at the beginning of this. They're the they're what they are possibly the biggest band in the world. There's going to be an incredible voice. They're going to be. I'm sorry, but other than you two. I don't know of another band that has the global reach that they do, whether you like metal or not. And there will be a void when they retire. Space. But secondly, they are a band that has big time hits and big time misses. And at the end of the day, they can swing and miss as much as they want and it will never take them down. It, they, that's, the, that's just the truth of it. Mm-hmm. They've gone through, when you think about the bus crash, you think about everything else that that band has been through well with said. James getting burned alive for Christ's sake. And you think about in the history of the band, everything that's gone on, the fact that they, that's, you know, the some kind of monster documentary. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, what is going on here? 
And to have the balls to be able to do that, and then you see James going absolutely batshit crazy at the Grammys when God, when his mic doesn't work, which was a complete lack of respect from the Grammys, knowing that the stupid presenter didn't even know their name when they got on there. Are you kidding me? Ups and downs, baby. They're like, that was my grandpa's music. <laughs> and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they still flourish. And I think there's something to be said for that. And I think that if you're a fan of this band and you've been following them for more than one year, like you'll see that. And I think that's why so many people gravitate to him. That's certainly why I do. Moth into Gaga. James is not going to, he doesn't owe me an apology. He doesn't owe me anything. Nobody owes me anything. I enjoy your music and that's great. But if these guys decided that they wanted to put Indian makeup on and go out and sing the hits of the Bee Gees, <laughs> you know, I'm fine with it. You know, at the end of the day, they're still going to come out on top. And I think that's all that matters. He's fine with it. He just doesn't want better than you played. Dax, I love you, man. Your your opinions are strong. You share them. And what what was that shirt you're wearing in the in the uh, grocery store? No more bullshit. No, it says allergic to bullshit. That you you, are, you tell it like it is, and we need we need more people like you, man. Well, come I appreciate on, how can it. you how can you walk by that shirt in the store and not say, oh, geez, this is going to offend somebody. I better go pay good money for this. I was just at the Jeff Tate concert here in Fort Myers. It wasn't even a Jeff Tate shirt, and the merch booth had a shirt that said Florida as fuck. Boom. Bought it. <laughs> there you go, man. You, like, can't, <laughs> you can't pass up those kind of shirts. You see them, and it's like, oh, Dude, never going to see that again. I better get it now. You know what we got to do? We got to do a, what we call what I call a panic buy. You know what a panic buy is? You and I are going to meet up in Vegas, and we're going to go, and we're going to walk by the first gift shop we see, and we're going to panic because we're going to feel like we're never going to see the I love Las Vegas shirt ever again. That's what it and is. Gonna co- and we're going to go cop up our hard-earned money, and we're going to both take a selfie with us both wearing these ridiculous shirts. Perfect. We'll use your credit card. That's fine. <laughs> Why not? You know, Jeff, I'm going to buy you a shirt with Dax's credit card. Uh, compliments of me. Hey, you know what? He's selling all them houses. He's doing just fine, Clark. Yeah, Dax ain't struggling. We're using we're using the corporate card. He's getting more than one and a half percent. Hey, as long as we mention the two words, two by it's four, a it's a write off, so we're good. There you, you know go. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, dude, I got a good good account. Hell of a chat, Dax. Thanks for coming on podcast for all season seven, episode eight. You got any more for us? Oh, man, I got tons more. I just don't know how late you want to stay up. Oh, I'm going to bed. I got to catch a flight tomorrow. Jeff, you got anything else? What am I? Uh, I'm. Gonna be going to bed too. You know, we always do these things so late. I know, man. We're creatures of the creatures of the night, people. Hey, Here Jeff, we go. Did you again. get your uh, Did you get your car back? <laughs> not, not my student driver car. No, no. There's a shortage on not, Toyota bumpers. Not, not my work <laughs> I car. I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you something. I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard. Not at your misery. So don't take it the wrong way. Oh, that's fine. But how ironic that. How ironic that the guy that gives instructions to people to drive got it in an well, I mean, I wasn't driving, and we actually weren't driving. We were hit and run, baby. Yeah, we were sitting still oh, at really? a we were sitting still at a stop sign, and someone hit us. Oh man! I've never gotten into an accident with my student driving. Uh, uh-uh, no, I'll control the car before that happens. I won't allow that. You ever just get a terrible kid that you know just has no driving skills? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I had one that couldn't even make Jeff it out himself. of himself. Yeah, I had one that couldn't make it out of the parking spot in the parking lot and almost hit a bus, a human being, another car, and a light pole all in about 22 seconds. And the lesson's over. Yeah, no, literally. I pulled over. I said, nope. I said, get out of the car. I said, you need to 
go and practice. I say, I can't even have you drive in the parking lot. You're going to hit someone. It's like when that cop puts his head into the window and says, get out of the car, you son of a bitch. Yeah, literally. Hello, officer. What's the problem? Get out of the car. I don't think I was speeding. Was I weaving or something? Shut your mouth, sir. You know, if I wasn't in uniform, I'd split your skull with the butt of this revolver faster than you could say police brutality. Well, officer, whatever it is I've done, I'm sure I can explain. Explain this, you son of a bitch. Oh, my God. You're nice. I would have went to that kid's parents and been like, look, your kid has no hope. He's going to be taking the bus the rest of his life. Sorry. <laughs> I would love to do that, but, uh, you know, their mom, his mom, did Something not. Something about hurt. Well, she didn't speak English very well. So oh, it's Minnesota. I would have said, I would, oh, no, I'm, I'm being serious because don't tempt me because I'll go over and say something to someone. Ask Shane. Did you let it? <laughs> oh, yeah. If he was an excellent driver, this kid had the best driving skills that you've ever seen. Yeah. But he was smoking a joint while he was driving. Would you let it go? While he was driving? Uh, while he was driving in my my car? Once again, everyone, Jeff drives for a driving company. Uh-uh. <laughs> driving school. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely... I definitely You're hesitating, would. so that leads me to believe that if the kid was willing to share, that you might let it go. Absolutely not. Jeff's like, it's okay, it's Friday. I ain't got no job. I ain't got nothing to do. I ain't got, you ain't got no job. <laughs> you ain't got shit to do. That's right. <laughs> okay. Jeff, I will see you next week. Dax, I will see you in 48 hours, man. Yeah, let's do it. Sorry I can't be there, gentlemen, but. Don't I, worry, I'll FaceTime you during an Invisible Kid. I got to know this before I leave. I just got to know. I won't be able to sleep tonight. What is your, I'm just out of curiosity. Yeah. What is your, what's your beef with rage? I don't understand. I just don't like oh, their God. music. That's for another episode. Literally, I'll keep it simple. I, I I've heard about it for 12 years, Dax, and I still can't summarize it. I just don't like their music. There's nothing about it uh, I mean, that even remotely entertains me. It's kind of like how you feel about Eminem. Oh. Well, yeah, but I have a reason for that because when I was getting well, smacked so over I. the head with a fucking pot, I was listening to Eminem. Oh, Every see, time my dad was like, punishing me. He was, you know, that soundtrack was on. Okay, well, that's understandable. I just, I, I have a reason too. I just, I just don't like it. I just don't like I it. <laughs> All right. Well, you're you're an interesting cat, my friend. I know. I love being you interesting. Hate, you, hate, you hate the black album. You love Eminem. And you I refuse to go to a concert. I don't refuse to go to a concert. I just refuse to fly to see Metallica. That's all. <laughs> yeah, and you're on Metallica podcast, and you're in a Metallica tribute band, but you won't go see the band. Pretty He's much. Sandman man live enough. He's heard it live plenty of times. You actually just nailed it right there on the head. I do. I love Metallica. I play in a tribute band. I do a Metallica podcast, but no, I won't travel to go see them. That's 100%. <laughs> That's literally. <laughs> He's got to stay at home and wait for those Toyota Corolla parts to show up. <laughs> one of the seven mysteries of the world and i applaud you because at least you're standing up for it it may be whacked as fuck but i mean hey i'm just i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and uh i'm not you gonna never, try and fake it you will never ruffle winslow's feathers i've learned that for 12 years he's a, he's a man of his word everyone I, I can stand by that until the day i die and until dax kills me for the ninth until day until you're the ninth murder on the episode <laughs>
Yeah, yeah. All Don't worry, is. Dax. I do like concerts. I really do. Don't worry. I'm sure you do on TV. They're all in <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, Shane. They're pretty much Jeff are. likes Twin Cities venues. <laughs> oh God, I hate Twin Cities venues too. That's another thing that doesn't make sense either. Is I don't like. I don't know. I'm a. I, I guess I don't. I don't get it. I know. I'm weird. It's all good, dude. I still love you. Hey, it's cool to be weird. Who wants to not be weird? Then you'd be fucking bored. Dax, we love you, dude. Yes, we do. You're amazing, amazing guest. The strong opinions, the Colorado love, and I'll see you in uh, 48 hours, my man. All right, man. I'll see you in a couple days. See ya. All right, man. Take care. <laughs> yeah, sounds good.